It's all right. You're not a morning DJ. So. I could be. Welcome, everybody, to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Balderdash. Episode 91. 91. 91. That is a prime number. That I is... mean, it might not be. Actually, it is not a prime number. <laughs> and we've lied <laughs> right out of the gate. We've yep. lied to yep. people oh, right out of the gate. It's divisible, divisible by seven, so not a prime number. Yeah. Well, if we keep this up, let's look at a calendar. <clears throat> uh, if we do one next week... And we do one the week after. And then We're we do, do another one? 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. Uh, 1,000. Looks like we could be, it'd be April. 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 The second week of April is when we hit episode 100. Ooh, that's if, exciting. If we keep it up like this. Do you think we will? Do you think we can? Yes, I think we can make it to episode 100. What do you want to do after 100? Do you want to keep going or do you want to end it? Well, let's let the fan decide. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that might be a good time to be like, sign off and then start something else. I don't know. We're just starting to get in our groove. Oh, we are. We, we finally figured Two out years how to later. drink too much. <laughs> That's right. Took, took 75 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we can decide. I, I I like doing this, so I want to keep going. Plus, okay, good. I have a lot to say. Yes. Seems like it. <laughs> okay, seems like it for sure. How's when it been going? When it comes to knowledge, I'm full of it. Yeah. How's it been going? Uh, so far, so good. Things are things are good. Providence is cold, just like the beers. Went to a whole bunch of breweries this weekend. I was left alone with a car, so... Oh, you had a I car. Had to do a bit of a brewery tour. I think I went to more, several, more, <laughs> like, like eight. Did you buy stuff from there though? I did. Are you going to bring There's some? A home? few of them I did. Yeah, I'll bring some home. Okay. I, it's weird though. Like one thing that I don't like is most of these breweries now are only doing the larger cans. Yeah, these big and, ones, and are like six like, ounces yeah, just, or whatever pints. Yeah, it's just, it's just like a lot. I want a regular six pack. Yeah. You know, like this is not uh, buy yourself beer, like. 16 ounces of this big old thing. Like yeah. 12 ounce cans, good size. Yeah, it's I think koozie. so. Yeah. It's good for the podcast. Do they not know that I need podcast beer? Did you go to PVD? Uh, PVD Brewing? Yeah. Yeah, it's like two blocks from my house. I go there all the time. I mean, do they know that you're one of the hosts of this podcast? Yeah. Uh, I've told Melissa at the front at the front. Okay, I'm not sure she remembers, but yeah, yeah. I'll, re- I'll remind her again. Yeah. They're super, they're super nice. Well, I mean, when I send out the newsletter, which by the way, everybody, we have a newsletter. It's beer, bourbon, balderdash, add subset or dot substack.com. You should subscribe. It's actually also on our uh, website. You can go there and subscribe. And I send out little teasers every week about what's going to be on the podcast. And sometimes we'll put out like our thoughts about what we've been drinking for the last month. Uh, I was going to send one out last week, but John didn't do his part and fill in his grading on there so i haven't sent it out yet no if you could get on that this week i could probably i'm just like maybe around episode 100 i'll i'll get my shit together (laughs) a good partner in this we can hope (laughs) (laughs) Uh, one hand shit in the other yeah fills up first so i've been trying to do um the newsletter 
And so I can get more information out because that's two, at least two people that I met personally that listen to the podcast. That's what they said. They wanted to like more reviews or what's going to come up and stuff like that. So I'm trying to work on being better okay. at that. So we need well, a schedule. About that too, so we need a schedule as well. So that if we can have, if we know what we're going to be drinking for like the next, like at least like two episodes, we can say, Oh, for the next yeah. two episodes, but you and I have to sit down really and go through that. <laughs> Like I need to take a little notebook with me so when I go to places like this I can like actually take notes and yeah I'll, and I have a field book you can a have right up I, I have a whole bunch of them it's not it's not a lack of equipment <laughs> that's my problem okay it's just lack of remembering uh, of being a quality human being no that's not that's not true you're when not supposed to put to yourself down stuff uh, you're not yeah, supposed well, to put I mean, yourself down very specifically to this sort of task yeah writing about beer yeah I'm not Michael Jackson. <laughs> what you're not <laughs> same skin color and <laughs> i knew that would come across in a certain way but michael jackson's actually a pretty famous uh beer writer <laughs> he's got a lot of really good books oh <laughs> <laughs> not not related to the artist i forgot my rim shot not the same skin color <laughs> okay it's terrible it's so bad <laughs> okay really bad okay uh maybe Maybe we shouldn't. Make fun <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Uh, uh, let's see. Michael James Jackson. Uh, oh. <laughs> he wrote about beer and whiskey. Uh, let's see. There's there's a book that he wrote that's really. Where is it? Maybe this isn't the right guy. <laughs> uh, nope. I don't think that's the right guy. <laughs> oh yeah. He. Let's see. He wrote How to Moonwalk whiskey. into the Bar. <laughs> He wrote whiskey, the definitive world. The whiskey, uh, beer. Oh, uh, the Michael Jackson's beer companion. That one's really good. Uh, the great <laughs> beer guide is probably his most well known. The thriller guide to beer. This is an actual guy, and I'm telling people like this is. You want to go learn about beer? When I, when I um make when I brew recipes, I'll take books like this and I'll go like read the descriptions that he puts in there to try to kind of decide like. I want to make the beer taste to try to make it as traditional as possible. Or if I want to, yeah, they're just good books. He's a good writer. I recommend it. I have several of these on my shelf. Michael Jackson beer. <clears throat> yep. I'll just say beer. Let's see what comes up. Oh, writer, Michael Jackson writer. Yeah. He's a writer. Beer critic. Mm-hmm. Michael James Jackson. <laughs> it's nothing like the Michael Jackson, the King. Nope. Holy cow, not, this guy. Not the, not the same guy. Not the same guy. I think this guy died in uh, 2007. He did. He did. He was called the Beer Hunter. There's actually a documentary yeah. series called The Beer Hunter, which popularized his nickname. So mm, there you go. He helped to document the world history of beer and was author of several bestselling books. I'm going to find that documentary. Yeah. It's good. Good guy. Good writer. Okay. Good information. There you he go, folks. Shit. Well, he doesn't know it anymore. He's dead. I'm going to put this in the show notes. It's a good one. That way you guys can be like, oh, who's that other Michael Jackson? Yeah, not that one. Control. I'll I'll put it in for um, under the under the book of knowledge, which is Wikipedia. That's a that's a thing. The book of knowledge. That's Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. So I got that in the show notes. Cool. Make it happen. Make it so. So what are we drinking, man? Oh yeah. So today, uh, the the beer on on uh, not on tap because this is a can. But um, there's a brewery here called the Guild. And it's one of the first breweries that I went to. But the I Guild. actually go to the brewery. They have a beer garden in the middle of the giant park that's in downtown Providence in the summertime. 
we stopped there. It's a great place to sit near the river and, and have a nice beer. So this beer that we're having today is Slater Lager. I've actually never had it, but I've had quite a few beers from them, and they are generally pretty delicious. Nice. Uh, the can says, The Guild, a collection of artisans and brewers coming together to explore their passions and perfect their craft and create some of the finest beer in the country. Here at this place where we celebrate friends and make new ones, The Guild. The Guild. Yeah. It's a cool space. They have a the uh, The main building is in Pawtucket north of Providence and it's, it's in an old mill building. It's great big open space. It's cool. They had live music one time when we were there and footballings and it's family friendly. It's, it's pretty neat. So they do a good job. Anyway, nice. let's pop this open. Let's do it. Dang. Crushed it. Oh. You remember like growing up, that sound was synonymous with like drunks. <laughs> no, because when I was like, growing up, they had pop tops. They didn't have this. Oh, sure, they did. I mean, it was like like the beer commercials. They were always that's what I associated that sound with. It was always the the uh, the beer commercials and people drinking Keystone Light out of a can, cracking open like a cold a, one. Like like cans got a lot of shit for beer for like canned beer got a lot of shit, and then like one day somebody decided it's like oh this is a good way to actually. Package beer. Let's do that more. Duh. And the hipsters got oh, a hold yeah. of it. What would they package beer in before that? Bottles. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. I'm stupid. <laughs> Why are you so well, you're stupid, Wes? So down. <laughs> uh, it's good looking beer. It's light. It's kind of <clears throat> straw colored. Uh, not much of a head on it, but mm. did you already take a sip? Maybe. Yeah, I saw you do it. I watched you. And then anyway. why'd you ask? You see if I was going to lie to you? <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I was going to see if you were going to virtue signal. Mm. Smells good, though. That's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. Mm. It's just a good light lager. Kind of grainy. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, easy drinking. It's yeah. a good summertime beer. I would drink more of this, to be honest with you. Tastes, a, tastes a little like uh, Montucky Cold Snacks. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah, oh. that's a good one. This might be a good paddleboard beer. <clears throat> Here we go. Unless you get some hits. All right, now let's get a hitter up there. You kid, what's your name? Ruth, sir. Ruth, Ruth, what? George Herman Ruth, sir. But my friends call me Babe. Babe. Another Babe Ruth. Well, step up to the plate, Babe, and maybe swat out a few. Do you remember these beer commercials? Chuck a few into the next Babe Ruth. When you've got a well-known name, people expect a lot. He's hitting dingers. Bing! Bing, bing, bing! Bing, bong! Bong, bong! Bing, bong! We've got a beer named after the city that means beer. Old Milwaukee. It's a tough Old Milwaukee. Are they even around anymore? It's probably, at the very least, it's been resurrected. You don't happen to know any kids named Garrick, do you? Kids named Gary? Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah, it's I remember all the old. Uh, store. On the oh yeah, I love all these old classic beer commercials. <laughs> so good, bitter beer face. Yeah. Oh, you're going in the way back, like in the sixties, fifties. Yeah, these are like seventies. Weird seventies. I like that. This one was good. Uh, it was always the uh, the Rainier beer. Oh, oh yeah, motorcycle. Classic. 
and he's, he's driving up to Mount Rainier. We live in a beautiful place. Yeah, get drunk and drive a motorcycle. That's right. I liked uh, Hams. That that jingle always stuck with me oh, for yeah. some reason with the bear, <laughs> cartoon bear. I was a big fan of the uh, the Miller and Coors commercials, the party scenes with the dogs. There's a lot of bikinis in them. Yeah. Oh, uh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I, those commercials helped me become a man. <laughs> <laughs> they taught me what it means to be a man. <laughs> Uh, do you have a beer Moment. trivia as we move along here? Oh, yeah. So let's see. Beer, beerology, beer 101, buzzwords, or pub crawl. I did 101 last time, so let's do beerology. Beerology. <clears throat> oh, I got to do the jingle. Hold on. Okay. So, so bad at this. Uh, All right. You're not a morning DJ. So. I could be. Do you want to be? Maybe. It's time now for beer trivia. Take it away, Johnny. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The question is short, but the answer is long. Actually, that's not true. The answer is short, but the description is long. Uh, (laughs) And the question is not that short. (laughs) Once prohibition ended, what year was homebrewing beer legalized in the United States? Ooh. 1938. Okay. 1958, 1968, or 1978? I'm going to say the 60s are a good time for that to happen. Enough times passed, prohibition, people are starting to kind of hang out in suburban homes. Will you believe it that it was 1978? No. People were legally allowed to brew beer at home. Wow. It says, before prohibition, beer had been brewed in private homes for thousands of years. In fact, even founding father George Washington and Thomas Jefferson enjoyed brewing yep. their own suds. Mm-hmm. But everything changed in 1919 when Prohibition made the process illegal. Surprisingly, it wasn't until 1978 when President Jimmy Carter signed a bill that created an, ex- an exemption from taxation for home brewing that making beer for personal <clears throat> use became legal again. Oh. As of this writing, Alabama, Mississippi, and Oklahoma are the only states that still outlaw the craft. Wow. Just sucks for them. I did not know that. I would have never been able to guess that. Yeah. Not until the 70s. So, wow, that's not interesting. Until the 70s. Not almost the 80s. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, things were a little different back in the 1900s. Yeah. Well, you know where we get Public House from. I'm sure you know. Tell me. So, Public House used to be whoever was brewing beer that week. Everyone in the neighborhood would come to that house, and that would become the public house. The public house. Oh, yeah. so it's just a regular house. Just a regular house, but all the that neighbors the came in. Yep, I had all the beers, that. and then the following week was another neighbor, and that would be the public house. And then it went on and on all throughout the neighborhood. Let's bring that back. I like that. Let's do it. <clears throat> How do we do that? <laughs> we have to. Have, what if we have to if, find cool people? What if all they want to drink is White Claw? <laughs> there's. I'm sure there's a outreach group for them. <laughs> <laughs> they can go find them. I just, I just I made some some bubble water and I put some grain alcohol in it. Here you go. <laughs> Flavored it. it. Tastes like pumpkins. <laughs> Pumpkin white claw. <laughs> How terrible do you think that would be? It'd be it'd be awful. Man. It'd be awful. Well, so it's bad. the balderdash word right now. So uh, this one is have to dysphoria. Haptodysphoria. Haptodysphoria. 
I'll tune this for you. Hap tune this for you. <laughs> it does sound like I'll tune this for you. <laughs> no, it's hap to hap to dysphoria. Hap to dysphoria. Hap to dysphoria. Hap to dysphoria. That's when you don't believe you're bald. Ooh. I mean, mm, kind of close, but I mean, I guess not really close, but it means you don't believe you you're believe bald. You're you're not hap- a, you have hap you, you believe you're not a, a bald person. Okay. What is hapto? Yeah. Hapto. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but dysphoria is like, yeah. I mean, I don't really know how to describe it, but I, uh, Sophia like kind of had this. It's like, you so- kind of like believe you're something different than you. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I don't know. Well, Sophia had this when she was a kid. Um, was she I know bald? that for sure. <laughs> I mean, no, actually, they came out with lots of hair. <laughs> Both my kids were very hairy. Um, well, stay tuned to the end of the uh, podcast, and you'll get to hear what the definition of is. Haptodysphoria. Haptodysphoria. I'll, I'll tune this for you. I'll tune this for you. Uh, tonight's bourbon, uh, or whiskey as it is, is I was trying to find something that went along with our South American listeners, since we have a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on. I'm gonna, I bet you I Weird. can find out. <laughs> like, uh, all times and switching to blueberry. Uh, these could be bots. I'm almost going to say that a lot of our listeners are bots, I they, probably. <laughs> I thought they said they weren't bots. I asked, yeah, he said that they weren't, but I I got a funny feeling that they just might be. Uh, but I'm going to pull up my statistics here. Well, if somebody listening from Argentina could, like, send us a message yeah. that doesn't sound like a bot wrote it, yep, that would be great. Yeah. I just want proof. That's all. And if one person <laughs> does it, I believe that they're all real. Okay. That's how science works. I don't think we've – we haven't been with uh, Blueberry for a year. We've been with them since, I think – June. Okay, so June. So six months. Okay. And we've had in the last uh, six months, uh, we'll just go South America. Uh, 1,000. No, that can't be right. Past 30 days, daily, monthly. Come on. 12 months. Which one? Which one will give me the data that I'm looking for? Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't tell me total. That sucks. Uh, well, anyways. Um, no idea. It's okay. So, uh, South America, Argentina, 1,121 downloads. Uh, Brazil, 529. Venezuela, 411. And I'm trying to see if I get one more here. Uh, Chile, 40. And Peru, 38 downloads. So there's 38 downloads coming out of Peru. Uh, no, he didn't I say that they, they weren't bots. He said they weren't VPNs. Hmm, where you, you know, where you can. Why would a bot be listening to our. I don't. Well, I, they. I don't know. I don't know why a bot. I, you know what it is? I mean, that cluster in South America, it's like there's there's an American guy down there that's trying to teach English to South Americans. <laughs> and he travels around and does it. And he hasn't been in Peru for very long. So that's why there's not a lot of listens there. Yeah. He's got something like 12 people in that class. So they've all listened to three episodes each. Okay. I like this fiction. What else does he do? Yeah. He nope, teaches them. He, he plays our podcasts for them and they have to, they have to repeat it and they have to define words that we say, which is why he mm-hmm. likes the balderdash section. Exactly because right. he loves these, it. Yeah. Because these are new words for his students. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. he also like he's a student of Michael Jackson's. Yes, and so he he likes the beer, like the knowledge part of it, because a lot of these people are aspiring brewmasters. Yes, yeah. to try to build up the craft brewing industry and take it away from the Germans that now live there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, this is, uh, for our Peru listeners, uh, this whiskey comes from Peru. So I was looking for specifically a South American whiskey. Yeah. uh, And I found this is an award-winning whiskey, and I had to buy it from their website because I can't find it anywhere around here. So I bought it from their website. This is called Black Whiskey. It's Andean Black Corn Whiskey. Uh, Don Michael is uh, is the distiller. And he presents the first and best Andean whiskey in the world. Blast, blast, black whiskey is the most awarded whiskey in South America, made from ancient grains and carefully handcrafted at our state-of-the-art distillery in Lima, Peru. It is now available around the world. The world's best whiskey, according to the 2022 New York World Spirits Competition, featured in Forbes magazine. Uh, the appearance is dark amber, caramel, Bright and clean, crystal clear with intense tears is what it says. Intense like it's tears. Gonna make, it's going to make you cry? Not at all. Smell this thing, man. Have you smelt it? Oh, wait, I, well, I, it's sitting on my desk. I'm like, haven't even put it up oh. to my nose. It's very like aromatic. Wait, you smell it already? There's a lot. Like it's, yeah, it's just like it's been wafting off of the glass this whole time. And now, now, I hate to say this, but to me, it smells a lot like wood stain. Hmm. I get. Oh, I, yeah, I can. I get that. I get wood stain right away. Some some uh, varathane wood mm. stain. Oh, and I love it. I love that smell. I mean, I grew up with that mm-hmm. smell in my dad's shop all the time. It smells almost like to me like it's similar smell, but what it reminds me of is, is the wood stripper mm-hmm. um, that you'd use to like clean off old old furniture. And again, like it's a smell I like. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the alcohol that's it in to, there. Like it's like it's yeah. that woody alcohol fl- smell. Yeah. Oh, so it's it's high in the corn, so it's in this black corn uh, from mm-hmm. Peru. Um, you get the regular <clears throat> vanilla. I get caramel. I get raisin. I don't know if you can smell raisin in this. There's actually a raisin smell. Like when you open up a box of uh, what, what were they? What were they called? Sunmade, sunmade uh, raisins. God, I miss being a kid. You get that little oh, red yeah. box of raisins, mm-hmm. and you're yeah, just happy as can does. be, just full of sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, condensed sugar powder. <laughs> <laughs> cheers. Um, cheers. Oh, yeah. I didn't do it. That was good, though. Oh, that's tasty. That is so good. It's like just, just the right amount of uh, hot. Yeah. Like the, the alcohol burn is not overpowered, but there, I like it. It's got a good kind of zing on the tongue. Fruity. Similar flavors to the aroma. Yeah, it's fruity. It's got a little bit of a sweetness, but not too much. Yeah. It's really nice. Well balanced. It tastes like new oak, not uh, not the charred oak so much. It's yep. got that like new oak, oak woody flavor. Yeah. It's, it's yummy. This might surprise you, but black corn is called black corn because it's black. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's actually slightly purplish. <laughs> That's crazy. It's it's cool looking. <clears throat> this has won so many awards. I'm going to count them here on their website. They have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 awards for this whiskey. 
And it's only fifty four ninety nine off their website. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, that's a steal. That is yeah, a steal. This is really great. This is a very, very <clears throat> nice whiskey. Now, this is one I actually wanted you here to drink with me, but I wasn't sure how that was going to roll. So, And then today, our listeners don't know this, I thought you All were right. coming home today. It's not your fault. Yeah. It really is my fault. I know. And I was like... Big disappointment. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Not till tomorrow. I'll, 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 I'll be fine, I guess. I got called out by, by somebody at work today because I, I told them I was going home tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they're like, you've lived here for like two years. <laughs> like, it's not really your home anymore. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Oh, you now admit it now. Right, yeah, now they're now they're afraid I'm leaving because I keep calling it home. I've always uh, called it home. Yeah. So what's what's changed? It's still home. It's still my home. Mm. Second is taste nice. is I'm not even gonna, better. I don't have enough of it. So this is six uh, percent corn, thirty percent malted wheat, and ten percent malted barley. Um, and the black corn is an ancient high altitude corn plucked from the foothills of the Andes. Mm-hmm. And the cooperage, it says, although unspecified, most assuredly does not consist of virgin white oak. So actual flavor comparisons to any traditional American whiskeys are tenuous at best. Mm. You think they use second-use barrels? Yeah. They probably don't can't get first-use barrels there. They probably don't yeah, have probably a not. cooperage down there that they can make those barrels. Um, it They say it has a slightly smoky edge to it. I didn't really pick that up necessarily. Uh, not one of mm. peat, but more of like a barbecue-like variety. Uh, they said that there's some kind of mid-palate of clove and dark roasted coffee. I didn't really get any of that. I got a lot of fruit, vanilla. Uh, I get the I get the clove. I don't really get the coffee. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I really, you know, it's hard to find, you know, stuff like this in a place like... <laughs> Total Wine and More. Matter of fact, Total Wine and More doesn't make one of my favorite or doesn't sell one of my favorite whiskeys, uh, which is the Balcones whiskey. I had to go mm-hmm. to Bevmo, which fortunately it's close by the Total Wine and More to get uh, Balcones. And they only have one type of Balcones at Bevmo. Bevmo so. Which one do you like? <clears throat> I like the pot still whiskey and I like their single malt. Mm, I bet I could get it here. You might be able to. Lower taxes. If you can find it, I would definitely I can like also- that. I'm also going down to uh, Oregon over the weekend. I could see if they got it down there. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. Although they just bumped up their liquor taxes, too, to like not quite Washington prices, but significant. Yeah. I don't know. I'll look. People suck. Government suck. Taxes suck. Taxes do suck. Just let me have my vice. Yeah. Uh, A couple news pieces. Uh, Beer Bankruptcy Apocalypse claims another fan favorite band. This is from the street. This is a one day ago, and uh, there's a lot that have been going out. Yeah, it's so it lately. had a lot to do with COVID, um, distribution <clears throat> problems. Um, you know, some are even trying to. Well, the teetotaling uh, movement that's been happening with all the dry mocktails and and athletic beer. Sir Oma sent me a. Uh, one of our listeners, Sir Oma, sent me an article about how Athletic um, Brewing Company. Is like mm-hmm. one of the top brand beer brands now. Yep. Uh, for their, and, and, I mean, they're out. They're they're beating regular beer brands with their mm-hmm. non-alcohol. Well, I mean, it w- if it's sales projection, that makes sense because they're 
way more expensive. Yeah, they're more expensive, and it's marketed really well. I mean, yeah, athletic like, brewing was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did a good job of marketing it. I don't particularly think they'll taste that great. They're I don't think they're so really, they're actually really good for what they are, but they're not to me a beer substitute. It's like beer flavored water. I think you said that last time on the yeah. podcast. It tastes like beer flavored water, which I think that's accurate. But I think a lot of people are willing to like make that sacrifice to like <clears throat> avoid the social stigma of not having something to drink. Yeah. Yeah, I like it just sometimes like when you're used to doing it, it feels right to have something in your hand and you can avoid like overconsumption or even consuming at all. But if you're drinking near beer, do you care what it tastes like if it doesn't just taste like a lager? I mean, why has it got to be an IPA Uh, and a wit? I don't know. Some people do. Maybe they just want the the extra flavor. I mean, like the IPA, I don't I don't like the light lager. I think it tastes bad. Yeah. Um, But the IPA, the hazy IPA, it it was fine. Yeah. Well, the uh, the craft beer industry, it says here, and this is it's facing an apocalypse, which is whatever. I think they're I think they're freaking out. Uh, yeah. Anchor Brewing, the San Francisco icon, shut down last summer, including mm-hmm. other breweries like Chicago's Metropolitan Brewing, New Jersey's Flying Fish, Denver's Joyride Brewing, and Tampa's Zydeco Brewworks, Cleveland's Terrestrial Brewing. And so now they're another one um, is uh, going out here. Ganella Pass, uh, their brewery is going out in Cal- in Colorado. Um, they filed uh, Chapter Eleven. They had a lot of debt, and I, that seems to be like what these craft brewers are kind of finding is that they're if they can't keep it going, they get all this debt, and then because mm-hmm. it's I'm sure it's very expensive to brew beer. In yeah. the big ways that they have to. So far here, everyone looks good. I mean, Good Society just opened up another location in Queen Anne. So they're doing well. Yeah. So I think when some of these breweries get big like that, they, they miss part of like the mentality of a lot of craft brew drinkers where they want different and like the big names are not necessarily what people will seek out. Like people will go drink a mediocre beer at a place that, they've never been before before they'll go to like a red hook or a large, uh, a large craft brewer. Yeah. Um, you know, like those are the places that are drawing people to something. They're always looking for something unique, something different, a different experience. And the places around here that I think do a good job that I could see lasting. Yeah. It's more than just like going for a beer. It's the location that you're going to, you're going to experience the place. They've created a comfortable place to be. Yeah. It's friendly. Community. Unique. Yeah, it's not just, I make beer, come drink my beer. Yeah. And if you think about a lot of these, they're like big. They are they probably have huge overhead and they, they haven't figured out a way to use the capacity. They probably decided that they were going to explode and invested in a massive system that's very expensive and takes a long time to pay off. And, you know, tastes are changing and they didn't pivot to doing something different. Yeah. Well, I, I notice I haven't been down to Jellyfish in a while, um, but they do a lot of events down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if they have a near beer that they've made. Good Society's made a couple near beers. I've noticed um, at uh, at the location here in West Seattle. So mm. I think they're trying. They're trying to stay yeah. in there. But Good Society's always full. Prost is always full. I don't think Prost will necessarily mm-hmm. go out. <laughs> no, Prost isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, the next story I have here is uh, man boobs. <laughs> 
Are <laughs> enlarged breasts raise risk of early death for men? So this this isn't the obese man boobs. Uh, it's still called the same thing. It's gynecomastia. Um, it's it's pseudo gynecomastia when you have bitch tits from being fat. Bitch tits is the uh, Fight Club term for meatloaf's giant breasts. Uh, <laughs> if you've ever seen that movie, and uh, so, anyways, moobs or man boobs. If you have these, and you have the the not the pseudo one, but the actual gynecomastia, um, you face a higher risk of premature death. Now, this is a study that came out of Copenhagen, Denmark. Um, so, if any of our listeners feel like they've always had a bit of a flab there that maybe they shouldn't have should go get checked out actually uh, because it's a hormonal imbalance that's giving you extra breast tissue that could be um, an indicator of dying uh, 30% earlier than other people. That's quite a big percentage. Yeah, that's a lot. And it doesn't say it's necessarily cancer. It's just from causes uh, or from other causes. You have a higher risk of death from other causes. Um, So, it can include pre-existing cancers, circulatory, lung, or gut disease problems. Um, but it says here, interestingly enough, neurological diseases were linked to a 29% lower risk if you have them. And all it is is just extra breast tissue. So you got mm-hmm. extra fatty boobs. Um, and uh, so if, uh, if you're out there, guys, and you're feeling like, I've always had these boobs. And uh, no matter what I do, I can't get rid of them. Go go talk to your doctor about this. This is a public uh, service announcement. We're not doctors. This is our opinion. I'm just reading a study. Uh, but maybe go get checked out. And honestly, I think that's just a good thing. Get a yearly checkup anyways and just check in with your doctor and just see if there's anything you can do, even if you feel healthy. They might notice something that you're not noticing. When's the last time you went to the doctor? Um, For a physical, it was last summer. I'm oh, good. Yep, had a blood draw and all my bits touched. Yeah, did you feel okay and, about uh, that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just told me things that I knew. I'm overweight. Uh, uh, I have high blood pressure, mm. but part of that I think is because I was panicking about being at the doctor because mm. I take my blood pressure at home; it's lower. It is higher than it should be, so I've been trying to work on that. Um, and then I saw my psychiatrist a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago. So it was a, a different kind of health checkup, mm-hmm. mental health checkup. And uh, a couple of days after that, I saw my therapist. So there's a whole team of people working on this <laughs> shit show <laughs> trying, trying to get me right. Well, that's good. We got to write this ship anyways. <laughs> I want you to be right, Johnny. Yeah. Whatever that means. I mean, I mean, that's like one of the interesting things that came out. Like I was, I was prescribed medications. So I don't, anyone who knows me, I'm not really shy about sharing personal information about myself. I don't like, away from things I'm working on or um, pretend that things I did that I'm not proud of, I did, never did. Well, I'm pretty open about it. So uh, I struggle with anxiety. And I like, for the first time, I talked to somebody who, like this started with therapy and and Helen has, has talked about it. And like more than one person is like, maybe you need medication to help you get through this like tough spot, which a lot of times like medication is a long-term thing. Keep going for a while. It'll keep leveling you out for a long time. And other times it's just like to, to make it possible to do the hard work. Like sometimes you can't even do the hard work because you're imbalanced or you can't focus or you're, you're just, you have too much anxiety to actually get to where you need to be. So 
I subscribed a um, a low dose of Zoloft, which is used for depression and anxiety. And um, <laughs> Helen told me after we started having these discussions that that she's like known that I've had anxiety issues for a very long time. <laughs> and I wish she would have told me sooner. Mm. Uh, so, like, if you notice anybody in your life that you think that might be the case, please please tell them. Uh, Helen in her defense was like, she didn't think I was ready to hear it and I wouldn't have done anything about it. So I'm doing something about it. So one of the side effects is you got to be careful about drinking alcohol because it can compound the effect of the drug, Mm. which is like things like being sleepy. Like that's the big thing. It's like, it'll make you really sleepy and it can like, like make it do more of what it's doing than it should. So Mm. like I'll have this like little glass of whiskey and have this beer and that'll be it because it'll put me right to sleep. Hmm. So I have to be careful. Yeah. But anyway, I guess short story long, it's not something to shy away from. It's something to think about. Uh, but also like make sure that you're doing the right things. Like it would be very easy for me to just be like, oh fuck it, I'll just go drink all I want. I'm gonna keep doing the same things I was doing. Um, which on occasion was drinking too many, but this has sort of forced me to pull back and make sure I have days in between and not have more than one or two at a time. So it's been good. That's good. So or my physical health, uh, my mental health is helping my physical health. Yeah. In like giving me that extra carrot to not make bad decisions. Yeah. I do eat too much mayonnaise. <laughs> so that's fair. <laughs> and I got to work on that. But like nobody ever told me you can't eat mayonnaise when you're on this medication. So yeah. Well, if, then if eat away, exists, man. I mean, it's just done yeah. by good fats, anyways, as long as you don't get the crappy rapeseed oil ones. Mm, I don't know. Dave's. Famous mayonnaise? I, I don't know. I don't know. You're, this is eggs and vegetable oil, probably. Yeah, vegetable oil is bad for you. Yeah, so not not the good one. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. I mean, you want to be, I mean, you got a long life to live, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, I, I'm 45, and I keep, I was thinking, actually just this morning, because my birthday is this week, I was thinking, like, I could live another 40 years. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I was like, what could I do in the next 40 years that wouldn't be a waste? You know, <laughs> is there I, a point at which you'd just be like, man, I'm done. No, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be that way. I want to keep learning and keep, I mean, that's how you keep your mind sharp. Yeah, but and everything. Like, like at some point your body's going to give up. <clears throat> like if you could no longer walk upstairs, you'd be like, okay, I'm out. No, I'd still keep living as long as I can do something. I mean, I want grandbabies. I want grandbabies and stuff, man. I want to hold my grandkids and stuff. I know, but what if you like couldn't wipe your own ass and you had a tube up your wiener? Um, like at what point? I don't know. If I was terminal, 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 or Mm -hmm. vegetable state, um, you know, maybe, Mm. maybe. Okay. I mean, I, I could be. I could be very cavalier right now and say, oh, yeah, just kill me. But, you know, uh, when the time comes, you know, wh- what are you really going to do? You know, like we went and saw a lawyer last week to uh, write up our trust. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And, you know, because that was something that we've always been wanting to do is get our will. And we've just been waiting and waiting. And, you know, it's one of those things you kind of put off until something happens in your life. You're like, oh, crap, we should probably go get this. Mm-hmm. So we finally went and saw a lawyer. And I'm sorry. And she's asking all these questions where I'm like. Well, I think right now, and she's like, yeah, you can always come back and change it if something changes, but, you know, what do you think right now? And I'm like, I don't know. I haven't thought about that far. I haven't thought about a DNR. I haven't thought about, a, you know, all those mm-hmm. things that I have to think about now. 
And honestly, because I don't really want to think about them. <laughs> Be quite honest. It's not fun to think about it. Yeah. No, it's not fun to think about it at all. So, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I think, I think I could say right now I could give you an answer, but I, it might change in that moment just because of circumstances. Yeah. It's hard for me to make definitive say, things like that. I will say, like, if you reframe it in terms of, um, like, this, at least this, this has helped me. Because um, Helen and I are going through a similar process this year. We're working on the similar things. I don't want my not making a decision now to make it hard for somebody else later. Sure. So, like, making sure that that it's easy for other people to sort my shit out if I get hit by a car tomorrow and die. Yeah. That's that's what I how I think about it. Like, I just I want it to be simple. I want to make sure the bank doesn't get any of it. The government gets as little as possible. Yep. It goes to the right places, to the people that I trust. Yep. You know, it's like, I know that, like, if if Helen and I's friends, all of our friends died, we would have, like, 15 kids. Because all of our friends, we're like godparents, too. <clears throat> Everybody. A whole gaggle of, of people. And it's mostly because Helen's a wonderful human being, and I know how to fix stuff. Yep. So, together, we're an unstoppable team. Yeah. But... Like, no one else wants us to raise their kids. <laughs> <laughs> no one has ever come to me and said, will you raise your kids? I even think that my brother and his wife have probably asked her brothers to take care. <laughs> I, I bet you we are completely out of that, that whole thing. Yeah. I think there's other history there than having to, anything to do with you two being good parents. I, I, I mean, think there's, I, there's more we try, to it than that, but you know, I, I think, you know, but what can you do? But do you want them? No, that's why I didn't so, keep having kids. That's why we had them early. I also think part of it too is like, <clears throat> yeah, like Helen and I, you know, like just like you, you and Dana, like our kids are adults now. So like, yeah. I feel like people that know us know that we don't have other kids to, to like take care of if we have to take care of their kids. Yeah. Also, I, Helen's very trustworthy. I would love to take care of my brother's kids though. I would. Yeah, oh, I know. If you. I, if, I know you, you if, absolutely if would. If something would tragic happened, I would, I would love those boys mm-hmm. and I would try to do the, my best job taking care of them. Like Scotty would take care of them is basically. How that's I exactly right. Yeah. So that's, I think I, you <clears throat> as a wonderful human being would make decisions that way. Like what Thanks. would, what would Scotty want? Like that, yeah. how would he want this done? Yeah. That's how I'm going to do it. So, like you wouldn't make it about yourself. No, no, Whereas no, no I no. think that's what people are look. That's what people are looking for is yeah. like somebody that they know that will carry on what they were trying to do. Yeah. Do best by them and not like try to deviate or at least like somebody that thinks the same way. Yeah. Um, you know, because you, you do have a kind of a plan for your kids and they never follow it, but yeah, you hope. Yeah. And if somebody can continue that. You also like, there's always the financial side of it. And like, I feel like if you're the kind of person that doesn't seem driven by money, that is, that's like a very positive quality for somebody looking for somebody to put as like their backup plan. Yeah. Because, you know, they want somebody who will do what's best for their kids, not what's best for them. And if you get this influx of cash, you're not going to go spend it on a Lamborghini. You're going to make sure the kids are taken care of, make sure the college is paid for, make sure that... Like eventually it goes to them. You're just like holding on to it, but it's not like, like I learned from my older brother that if, if he died, if he and his wife, Jean, Mike and Dave, Mike and Jean died, um, they, they put me as the, as the person that would take care of their kids as the beneficiary. 
and it's like a very large insurance policy. But like I've talked to him about it, and he's like, I know you'll do the right thing. I know you'll use the money you need to help raise the girls, make sure they're taken care of. You'll put them through college. You'll make sure that they like they you. He's like, I don't even have to ask you whether or not you would make that an, an inheritance for them. <clears throat> right. Like he just knows that's the case. Like, I'm not going to use that to pay off my house and buy myself a car. It's going to be used towards them and then put in a trust Yep. to make sure that they're taken care of long-term. Yep. Like, I would do that with anybody's kids. Means, but, yeah. I mean, the whole so, like, point of family and community um, is not to be selfish. It's to, mm-hmm. it's to give yourself to your family and to your community. Um, the selfish thing that, I, I feel like we practice too much of in the, in either in the United States or we could just say in this age, this age of man right now um, is very selfish where a hundred years ago it was very community focused. You looked after your mm-hmm. neighbors, you know, you looked after each other, you took care of one another. And if something tragic happened, you stepped up, you know, and you helped out uh, in any way that you can. And even if you didn't know how you would, you just ask like, how can I help? Yeah. You know, and even if they said they didn't need help, you just make yourself available. So when they call and they say, mm-hmm. Hey, I need help, you're like, Cool, let's go. You know, let's help yep. out. And so I would take we anybody's kids. It doesn't matter how old I was. I mean, I would do my very best no matter what the situation is. I do feel like like I'm curious like how you think we get back there. Cause I do I think you got in you like you like you made a very good point. Like we've moved into this realm of like people don't even like asking for help. <clears throat> it's not even that people will say no. Like neighbors generally, like people are, I think people are generally good, but yeah. people don't like asking for help. But how do we get to a point where people are willing to ask for help or actively offer it? I, I mean, think, maybe that's I think the people case. are like generally, I think people are generally bad. I don't, I don't start with people are good. I think people are, I think the, I think people are selfish as a default, you know, sure. Cause that I mean, you watch little kids, I mean, selfishness can be bad. Um, it can be, but it doesn't. It's not no. necessarily bad. I understand. We're taught that it's bad. Yeah. And and I, I think there's situations where you need time to yourself isn't a selfish thing, although it sounds selfish. It just means so I can be better for everybody, I need time to myself. Mm-hmm. So it is thinking mm-hmm. of others, but and we could go into the great debate is anything ever selfless or is it always selfish? Always um, selfish. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. That's but what we, I think. But we but try. I've thought that for a very long time. And I used to get a lot of shit for saying that. Like, you don't do anything unless it benefits you in some way. Yeah, there has to be. I help these people, you know, out of the goodness of my heart. Did it make no, you feel you, good? You do it because it makes you feel good. You yeah. get something out of it. There is a selfish part of you. It's not 100% purely selfless. Yeah. Yeah, it would have to be a big a big ask for it to be selfless, like something you yeah. really don't want to do, but you do it anyways. There was, and you do there's it only not one, begrudgingly. There's only one person ever who was truly 100% selfless. Yep. And yeah. that was John Cena. Yeshua. Oh yeah. John Cena. <laughs> I know. Taylor uh, Swift. Taylor Swift. Yep. <laughs> Taylor Swift. She's, she's the best. Uh, I think get rid of social media uh, would be a great start. It's never going to happen. We're actually diving deeper into the dystopia hole with the uh, new, whatever, the vision goggles that Apple came out with. Yeah, but they're so expensive. People don't have them. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They'll go down just in cost. Odds. Remember when you had the iPhone? No one could really afford the iPhone except certain people, and then it just dropped in price. Freaking idiot. So I think that's, I think we got rid of social media. Social media is really a, a vanity producer. I think mm-hmm. it's, I think it's a very selfish yeah. thing. It's not a, it's not real. It's a false, 
it's a false way of thinking about your life. It's looking for uh, some kind of affirmation instead of getting it from people close to you or seeking it from strangers, like their opinion matters mm-hmm. in any way whatsoever. So, well, we've we created this like economy around it where people yes. who don't produce anything of value yeah. are making a lot of they're like building resources. Yeah. And it's like, it's not really helping. Like, if that industry didn't exist, we would be just fine. Yes. Unlike any other industry, I think we would be planet, better. I think we would be we, better. Yeah. Like, if it just disappeared one day, like, there's nobody that can argue that like social media has been like, the best thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Like people argue like, Oh, well tech and it's created all these jobs and whatever, but it's like, it's jobs creating nothing. It's yeah. like just advertising and, yep. Yep. and people being idiots and like shaming people. And it's also led to a lot of people committing suicide. Is that a good thing? Yeah. Like how much, how much bullshit do we have to endure for you, for you to recognize that it's not the best thing for our families and our friends and our life yeah. country. I also think the lack of faith in the country, like religious faith, um, and people can poo-poo this all you want, but the love your neighbor as yourself kind of concepts or golden rule ideas don't really seem to apply anymore. Uh, do unto mm-hmm. others as you would want done unto you, because um, we're all about ourselves. And so I think whether you agree with the tenets of any kind of religion, so to speak, they were very community oriented they were very help mm-hmm. your neighbor they were very we're in this together were they were very even in an evangelistic way in which even if they were helping you because you were someone who needed help and and they helped you even if they got a chance to tell you about Jesus or whoever um they did it anyways because you're part of this bigger community that they want to reach out to you know and I think when mm-hmm. I think when a lot of religious organizations gave up those ways to help their community and gave it over to the government to do all those things. I think we lost a lot of community um, with that as well. Yeah. So, well, I, so as much <clears throat> as the, the Mormon church gets, like that's one thing they do very well. Yeah. They create community. They teach you about service. Yep. And again, like even in that case, like they, they teach it as being selfless and, you know, love your neighbor and help each other. And so like you grew up in this mindset of like somebody needs help, you go help them. Yeah. But like, the the like underlying aspect of it is every time I went and helped somebody, I felt very good about myself, and that's valuable to me. I like yeah. it's, it's an internal feeling. Yeah, I feel positive about my life, and yeah, I help somebody else. But yeah, there was a, a selfish part of it. Um, yeah, but that's a good dopamine hit to help someone is. is a good dopamine hit. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot better than somebody liking my dick pic. On yeah. Fleshlight.com. Oh I don't know if that's a thing. I made that up. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but you know, I did, I did want to say, um, related to the, the religion comment, um, I'm listening to this, um, this series, this lecture series called, um, the skeptics guide to American history. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. I'll look it up for sure. I don't even know where my phone is, but the, the, uh, the lecture talks about like early religious freedom, quote unquote freedom and like <clears throat> the intent and like we're taught a very specific version. Like people were fleeing from being from religious persecution and had to do with England. And actually the Puritans were living in Scandinavia and then came anyway, it's a whole long thing, but the, the like separation of church and state wasn't because it wasn't, it wasn't because people were like, well, religion and, and government don't coexist. It was because different 
branches of Christianity were afraid of other branches of Christianity, so sure. Catholics and Puritans, and uh, like they were all. Well, we all know Andrew Jackson was a deist, you know, which isn't even Christianity, but it, it's a belief in God. So I think they might have yeah. just lopped everything as like a belief in God. Well, so what it was was like these different sects or these different, um, yeah, these different sects of Christianity were afraid of persecution from the from each other, and so that's that's what drove the like no state religion because they were afraid that the other religion would gain power and stomp them out. So it was like this like tenuous agreement that like, we'll just let everybody do what they want. But it wasn't this like, this like pure belief that everybody gets to be whoever they want. It was out of fear. It was entirely built Mm -hmm. out of being afraid of the other person. Mm -hmm. The Puritans were afraid of the Catholics and were afraid of whoever happened to be, which I think is really fascinating. It's like, well, there's Looking a lot of power behind all of those religious yeah. organizations. Yeah. You know, they had they're, they're assassins yeah. within them. Mm-hmm. The Catholic church is, is well known to have assassins within the church that will protect the, the Catholic or universal church. Catholic we're, means we're not universal. allowed to talk about that. Wes, I, I think you should edit this part of the podcast I am not out. suicidal. <laughs> I am. Okay. <laughs> and a lot of the founding fathers were Masons. Listen, I'm, I'm all for separation of church and state. I believe that once a, a government is a theocracy, it creates tyranny. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do not, uh, Christianity specifically was never meant to be, a government uh, religion. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. The Jews were looking for one because they wanted to overthrow Rome. Um, and they were hoping that Jesus was going to overthrow Rome, but he wasn't, you know, so Christianity is not a government religion. Yeah. That and wasn't his it, And it shouldn't be a government religion. So when people are like, we need to get God back in America. I mean, it's like, well then teach your kids. I mean, you have to, you know, I mean, it's up to you and the culture is always going to fight against it. I think the culture at large, uh, right now, I think Christianity is, is, um, like really small in percentage of adherence in the United States for like the first time ever. It's like less than half. Just, just this last year for the first time, People who non-religious, I can't remember what they call it, yeah, non-sectarians yeah. or something, something like that, is the largest group in the United States. Yeah, and you know, I think I think a big reason why is I think because government people or politicians in power have used it as a vehicle, not as their own personal belief, but as a vehicle to, um, you know, get votes. So they basically yep. have abused it. I don't think they've used it in a way that it's supposed to be yeah. used. The the Republican Party has has like basically said that if you're a Christian, you're a Republican. Yeah. And people which, people associate that in their mind. They yeah, really do. Which is like it's like like I don't care if you're conservative like and well and then like even going farther and saying conservative and liberal also means Republican and Democrat yes, and yes, yeah. left and right. It's yeah. like there, there's so much nuance in every single one of those terms that like, you can't tell me that the teachings of Jesus are not a lot like the teachings of a lot of liberal people. That's about love and acceptance and understanding. And you also can't tell me that conservatives don't believe the same way when they're fiscally conservative or even like socially conservative. That doesn't mean they're hateful, but we've been like taught to bucket everybody into these like two groups yep. so that we fight with each other instead of paying attention <clears throat> to the bullshit that's going on. Sure. 
I mean, we've, we've gone down this road before. Yeah. Man, it's whiskey. It's good. It's yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm all in favor of not having a state religion. I don't like it. And I, I, I don't well, like when you have a state religion, that. it becomes, it becomes like militarized. It becomes yeah. like, it's not what it, it's supposed like, to be. It, yeah. You, you like, um, you weaponize uh-huh. the words and it's not meant to be weaponized. Yeah. And it's an abomination to to God, the God of the yeah. Christian Bible, as far as what I know. It's and it's like one of the things that I hate the most is like when people will will use the argument of like and, th- and this I I promise this goes hand in hand with this conversation. Like when you militarize it and you like dictate that there's a state religion, it's the same thing as when people are like, well, you don't believe in God. What if you're wrong? And you're like, so you want me to believe just because I don't want to be wrong. That yeah. doesn't mean I actually believe no, that doesn't. means I'm pretending to believe. Yes. Or that's the same thing would happen with the, yeah. Same Fear. thing would happen with the state religion. Like, yeah. okay, now I all these, all of a sudden I have all these people that are like believers because they just don't want to like, sure. Be in trouble with the government. Like that's not, that's not the right way. It's not the intent. Yep. It's not how it should be acted yep. upon. I believe like, communism I care much is a more. state religion. I believe communism is a state religion. It's a belief. It's not just an economy. It's a, an entire belief. It certainly can be, yes. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I just, I see it like those things. And if we, if, yeah, you're exactly right. You don't want that. You don't want, and Christian, if you're a Christian, you don't want that either. It's not, mm. that's not what it's for. You're, you're using it the wrong way. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we say stuff like God's country or God's on my side, he ain't, he ain't. Nope. Nope. God, that's why it's like God when people pray for side. like winning a football game. Like God doesn't give a damn. He does not give a shit. No. I mean, maybe all, he's all you've done is gone to another temple to worship other things. That's all you've done. Honestly, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you're just, yeah. you're just worshiping. And cause we're made to yeah. worship. We do worship things, whether, yeah, whether we I, say it's a religious thing or not, we worship things. And I think like, if you, if you are a true follower of the new Testament uh, of Jesus, what matters more is someone like what he was teaching was being a good human being. Like, yes, there's some, like there's more to it, whatever. But like the crux of it was love each other, take care of each other. The least of us are the, what was it? The least of us are the, uh, not up on my Bible, whatever. <laughs> anyway, doesn't matter, but it's like the lowest of the low are the people you take care of. You love them. You bathe them. You make sure they're taken care of. And like, we don't do that right now. Yeah, and it, like that should be the state religion. Let's take care of each other. How about that? Let's well, the, just start there. Let's let's not get let's get the theology out of it. Let's get the books out of it. Let's say let's just start taking care of each other. Yeah, because one thing we can agree on, no matter what religion you are or not religion you are, is human beings should be cared for. Yeah, well, they have value, and that's yeah. a godly principle as well. Is that mm-hmm. they all have value, and yeah, I mean Jesus had talked about that the. All the commandments are summed up in, in basically in these two statements. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Covet thy neighbor's wife. No. <laughs> I mean, don't that covet was number thy nine. Wife. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> basically, I mean that's that's what it all comes down to. And if if you don't mm-hmm. if you're not loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, 
then and you're not loving your neighbor as yourself like if you don't love yourself you can't really love other people that's another point to that whole thing oh yeah we just start there yeah so i mean loving you know it comes from god it basically the whole idea is that it comes the love comes from god and that love has to go out to other people so if you're an adherent to christianity that should be your goal god loves me therefore i love others so if you know your worth then you know that others also have worth Mm-hmm. You know, and so finding that worth and loving them for that worth. Now, if they're despicable people or if they do something terrible, if they're murderers and stuff like that, there is justice. There's justice, you know, but you are supposed to forgive. They, I, I'll never forget when Gary Ridgway was being sentenced, the Green River Killer. Or I think he was a Green River Killer, right? Gary Ridgway. Mm-hmm. When he was being sentenced, <clears throat> um, you know, the families of the victims got to come up and they got to say something to him. And one of the last people to get up and say something, I think, was the first, one of his first victims' mom. She's an old lady now. And after all these families had caught up there and said, Gary, I hope you rot in hell, you fucking piece of shit. I mean, they were really hurt and really mad, of course. And you would be mm-hmm. like, they're justified in acting this way. <clears throat> one of the last people uh, was this old lady. And she went up there and she goes, Gary, I don't hate you. I love you. And I'm so sorry that your life turned out this way. And she forgave him for killing her daughter. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, Gary's just straight faced while all these people are hurling hell and everything at him because <clears throat> all their anger is bubbled up. Yep. He was ready for it. And when, like she, when she said that, he fell apart like her Mm -hmm. words of forgiveness hit his conscience and i think Mm -hmm. the reality of everything that he has done to harm other human beings came crashing down and all it took was one old lady saying i forgive you and to me Mm -hmm. that was i I remember watching that i watched it on the news i remember crying when she said that because (laughs) watching his reaction here's this murderer who murdered and raped all these girls and this one Mm -hmm. lady's willing to forgive him and that was the atom bomb that Mm -hmm. you know just destroyed him more than anyone else's insults. She killed him with kindness. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was important. I think if we acted a little bit more like that lady, I think uh, I think the world would be a more tolerable place right now, mm-hmm. for sure. Kindness, more understanding. Yeah. And, and if we saw people with more value. And uh, yeah. I, I know this wasn't the subject. I'm glad we went down this road, but I know this wasn't the subject we were going to go down. So maybe we'll hit this on the next podcast because I was going to talk about how to set up a <laughs> Bitcoin wallet and, and everything for our <laughs> listeners, which is about value because we're a value for value podcast. Oh, that was smooth. Thanks. And yeah. And so if you find value in listening to us and in, in, in our conversation and our takes and you agree or disagree, uh, what we value is conversation. So if you want to, mm-hmm. if you want to say something to us, there's, we have many avenues, including the stupid social medias, cause you kind of have to, in order to advertise these days, but, and I only use really Instagram, we have a Twitter, but I'm, I'm really on that one. An X. Uh, so Instagram, uh, we have a sub stack. You can leave comments on our sub stack. We have a website, beerbourbonballer-.com. You can leave comments there. Uh, or if you get one of these cool modern podcast apps like Fountain, they give you a wallet, put your cryptocurrency in. You can fund it with your debit card. You can put $15 in there, and then you can comment with 10 Satoshis, which is like one millionth of a Bitcoin. So it's like 0.0000000001 to say, hey, I really liked your guys' podcast. And that's great. 
Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's a social media thing itself in Fountain that you can comment, leave comments on episodes, particular episodes. So, um, so anyways, there's all sorts of opportunities to give us value back and just having conversation with us. We also have an email, balderdashboys at protonmail.com, and you can leave us a comment, tell us what you think. Um, and we'll read them online. We'll discuss them on, on air, not just mm-hmm. online, but on air. And I reply because we're so popular and there's all kinds of people who do call us or do email us, uh, that I have <laughs> to, uh, you know, filter through the emails. It's not true. Uh, so now you're going to basically get on the ground floor and, uh, but like if you, if you disagree with us or you like, you have a comment to make or like a story to share, like we want to know. Yeah. We love having these conversations and we also don't mind being challenged. Like that's sort of one of the things that Wes and I have built our friendship on. And honestly, this podcast on is we don't always agree and that's okay. Yeah. Doesn't mean we don't love each other. As years have gone by and, and the more we've discussed, we've come to agreements. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've come to, to neutral ground on a lot of things or even agreed yeah. to disagreed, which is the right way to do these kind of things. Mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, again, we're a value for value. We have many opportunities for you to donate to us. Uh, we do have needs. Um, you know, this, we, we have hosting fees, uh, the beer and bourbons, you know, uh, cost money and mm-hmm. our equipment costs money to maintain and stuff like that. But mostly our hosting fees are kind of the biggest thing. So how much we spend every year and whatnot on, um, all of our hosting stuff. My stupid furnace went on, and I don't have the remote control for it on my phone because it's offline. So that sucks. Would Would you like me to hack into your <laughs> mainframe? Inter- Internet of Things. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about uh, Bitcoin and all that stuff on the next episode, uh, so we can wrap this up. But one of the other things that is fantastic about what's going on in podcasting 2.0 is music, and the music space is changing. So we have all these fantastic artists that you can listen to and basically boost or donate money to as you listen to them. Uh, so I wanted to play a song from a, p- from a band. And uh, when you hear this podcast and you hear this song, if you're on a modern podcast app like Podverse or Fountain FM and you hit boost right now as this song plays, that money will go or that value will go completely to the artist and not to John and I. The wallets mm-hmm. will switch to this artist it's cool technology it's brand new it's going to change how music is played and how people pay for music it's it's we're on the ground floor of it. it's pretty cool uh mm-hmm. so this band is fm rodeo they're out of texas uh in the hill country and this is their newest song uh called headache song and here we go off at your somebody gave me this headache the world's collapsing, it's so unreal Somebody wake me, I can't see The walls are flooded, it's so unreal And now I'm twisting my head in So undecided, it's so Better
That was fantastic, right? Yeah, love it. Yeah, that was, that was good. good. Anyways, you can find them on Ellen Beats. That's Lima Nancy Beats, L-N Beats, uh, or on Wavelake, W-A-V-L-A-K-E. Uh, they're called FM Rodeo. A couple guys out of Texas in the Hill Country, Texas. Um, I'm trying to start a music podcast called Flannel Radio. I'm having some technical difficulties with it that I'm working out with our podcast hosting company. But the idea is, is that I will find music like these guys and I'll make a half hour to an hour long show where people can go listen to that show on a podcast and they just listen to music and, and boost. Uh, and this is a way, uh, to get these artists out. So we show it's basically, it's a podcast where you showcase an artist or these artists that you really like listening to. And then people can go and they can they can listen for themselves on these applications like Ellen Beats, um, and even a lot of podcasting 2.0 apps like Fountain and Podverse are now just playing albums of these guys mm-hmm. of, of musicians' music, and you can boost right there, and you can give them any kind of dollar amount donation or value through Satoshi's. Um, yeah, so this really gives all the power back to the artists. And that's what's important about the whole value for value thing is that you're not using any kind of bank. Um, you're not using, you know, these greedy corporations that take so much from the artist. Prince used to complain about this all the time, how much these record mm-hmm. labels take so much of his music, his, you know, basically his thoughts, his brains, his, his artistry. intellectual property. Yeah. And they take all the money from it. Uh, this gives all the power back to these artists. So it's That's kind of why people are so mad at Taylor Swift. Like she had these unfavorable contracts. And when she, when they ran their course, she went back and made a shitload of money on the music she made and produced. Yeah. So good for her. Yep. I um, agree. I don't know if you remember like what, 
when I was in college, this is a little bit dating, but there were two websites <laughs> that I really loved. One of them was mp3.com. Napster. And it used to be, not Napster. Napster was like sharing. That was different. Oh, mp3.com yeah. was like a place you could create your own page and upload your own music. And oh, you yeah. could listen to just like random other people's music. It was like the first place I ever heard the Queens of the Stone Age. Mm. Um, there's this like mix that somebody made uh, called Bull Weevil that was pretty phenomenal. I've never been able to find it since. Um, but then it turned into like a super shitty, like look at these articles page. Yeah. It used to be just like an MP3 player. It was really great. And then GarageBand was another one that they used to do. And then Apple bought it and destroyed it. But it was like a website built for up and coming bands to be able to put their music out for free to people. Yeah. And they could just listen to it as they, as they would. Um, and I miss those sites. So yeah. like, support these sites so that they can continue doing what they're doing. I learned about so much great music through these sites. Yes. It wasn't fed to me by some corporation that's trying to make a buck off it. They were like small independent pages that really were trying to drive the industry, not the advertising. Yep. Well, and then it's just like going to a bar and hearing these bands, you ever go to a bar and hear a really good band? You're like, Oh my God, who are these guys? I would listen to these guys all the time. That's what these websites are like. I have quite a few CDs still of just like those bands that you're like, oh, this is great. I'm going to buy it. Like one, I remember they played at uh, Jillian's mm-hmm. by South Lake Union. It was called something else then, but it's a band Rywire. I don't think they exist anymore, but they were fantastic and the yeah. album still holds up. Yeah. Well, if you find them, you can onboard them onto uh, Value for Value I'll Music. I'll, I'll bring them on. <laughs> it was really well I mean, said. You just said it very, very well, John. Good job. I do what I can. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you. I appreciate oh. you. I know listeners appreciate you too. I just searched Rywire on yeah. Google and my search engine knows me. It gave me uh, versions of whiskey and auto <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Well, folks, again, we're value for value. Uh, and you know what that means. I've talked enough about it. But next week, uh, if we get our poop in a group, uh, I will uh, be talking about how you can set up a wallet so that you can give us or give any other podcast that's on a modern podcast app, Satoshi's, your favorite podcast. Matter of fact, Joe Rogan just signed a 250, uh, so to speak, $250 million deal with Spotify that he's not exclusive to Spotify anymore, which means we can get him on podcasting 2.0. So you can listen to that. Yeah, it's a new contract. Uh, This is episode 91. We had the Black Whiskey from Peru. And Slater Lager from the Guild Brewing Company, which was also really good. Yep. Cool logo, too. Yeah. Yeah. Dig it. (laughs) The word of the night was haptodysphoria, and it means an odd sensation felt by certain people when handling peaches or fuzzy surfaces. (laughs) That's not a word. It is. Why do people come up with these things? Like... (laughs) Velvet, peaches, or velour can create haptodysphoria. Everyone's got a problem, dude. Everyone's got a problem. Haptodysphoria. So, uh, if you, you have that, let us know. All this shit started <laughs> when they started advertising for medication for restless leg syndrome. <laughs> Fibromyalgia. <laughs> Crap, I have MS. Yeah, you know we're, the, we're like one of only two countries in the whole world that allow... Uh, pharmaceutical companies to advertise on TV. Yeah, we shouldn't do that. It's bullshit. That's uh, another topic for another That'd day. be a good topic, too. Let's go down that rabbit hole. You All have right. 10 seconds. <laughs> All right, stop the music. We're going to start over. And here we come. All right, let's go. <laughs>
Uh, again, uh, when you hear, you can rewind back in the podcast and listen to that FM rodeo song. And when you do, if you're on a modern podcast app, you can hit boost. Money will go right to them. The value yeah, will go please, right please to do. those artists. Yeah, please do that. Uh, and again, if you want to see this uh, podcast continue uh, to produce the great content that we always produce for your listening pleasure, <laughs> please donate you're to us welcome. as well. PayPal. <laughs> Or uh, through any kind of uh, modern podcast app, you can hit the boost button when it's not FM Rodeo, and the money will go to us. And if you send us some money, we'll try harder. (laughs) If you want a better podcast, you better give us money. Otherwise, this thing is going to the toilet. Yeah. If if we get get 12 Satoshis by the next episode, I promise I'll put on pants. (laughs) That's a promise. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Good night.